Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where life with Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 2. Indeed, brothers, you yourselves know that our visit to you is not a waste of time. Even though we had suffered previously and were treated shamefully in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak the gospel of God to you in the face of great opposition. For our appeal does not come from error or impure motives, or by way of deceit. Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. Indeed, as you know, we never at any time used flattering speech, nor did we act with greed as a motive. God is our witness. Also, we did not seek the praise of people, neither yours nor anyone else's. Even though we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, on the contrary, we are gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. We yearn for you so much that we are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. Surely, brothers, you know our labor and hardship. We worked night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how devout, righteous, and blameless we were toward you who believe. In the same way, you know that we treated each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who is calling you into his kingdom and glory. There is also another reason we give thanks to God unceasingly, namely, when you received God's word which you heard from us, you did not receive it as the word of men, but as the word of God, as it really is which is now work in you who believe. Yes, brothers, you became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus, because you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and who severely persecuted us. They are not pleasing to God and are hostile to all people. By hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved, they are always filling up the full measure of their sins, and the wrath has come upon them completely. As for us, brothers, after we were separated from you like orphans for a short time, in person not in our heart, it was with great desire that we made every effort to see you again in person, for we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, wanted this not just once but twice, but Satan hindered us. Indeed, who is our hope or joy or crown about which we boast before our Lord Jesus when he returns? Is it not you? Yes, you are our glory and joy. This is the word of our God. In these verses, Paul really highlights for us the difference in the Christian attitude, that the Christian attitude is not based on circumstances, but the Christian attitude is based on the blessings that God has communicated through his word, the blessings that God has distributed through that word. And the the Christian attitude is one that I I like to draw the distinction between mere happiness and joy. Um, Happiness, I like to define as something related to our external surroundings, such as, you know, if you get a foot and a half of snow and you don't have school that day, you might be pretty happy about that. But joy does not depend on external circumstances. It depends on internal realities, especially the internal reality of that attitude of faith before God, the internal knowledge of external facts, (laughs) the external facts being um, the righteousness of Christ has been given to you. And so joy, you might think of, you know, like Easter Sunday, maybe as a joyful thing as well as a happy event. Um, But where it really shines is when things don't go our way. 
the Christian attitude is still one of joy, even in circumstances that aren't particularly happy. Um, the Christian might be joyful at the funeral of a loved one, especially of a, a dearly departed you know, fellow congregation member, fellow Christian. They might be joyful even though they are sad. They are joyful because Jesus has brought that loved one to heaven, because that one is, is someone whom we will see again gathered around the throne of our Lord. Um, you might be joyful in that, even though we aren't particularly happy at that time. And looking at First Thessalonians 2, knowing some of the backstory of how, how Paul was persecuted and how Paul was basically chased out of town. If you want some more backstory on that, check out the Thirsty episode from this past Saturday with Pastor Zarling and Pastor Lightning. And if you look at this chapter, um, Paul really talks about the joy that we have in Christ. The joy of fellowship together, the joy of of carrying out ministry, not with impure motives, <laughs> but the joy of carrying out ministry for for godly reasons and carrying out that ministry in a godly way. Paul does have to make a little bit of a defense of his ministry. He might be understandably worried that those who were left behind in Thessalonica would try to discredit Paul personally and in that way bring bring severe injury to the church and the congregation at that place. Um, but Paul says, that's where he's really going in the first paragraph. We have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And so we speak not to please people, but God who examines our hearts. Just that joy of gospel ministry that doesn't depend on external circumstances. The joy that Paul can talk about having a clear conscience before God, even when circumstances were allied against him, Paul can say, you know what? Um, I'm not in this to please people. I'm in this to give glory to God. And what a joyful, joyful act. And Paul says, even in that case, that the Thess Thessalonians kind of share in that same suffering with him because they are the ones who are left there being persecuted by the Jews. And so Paul says, you know what? We can still give thanks and we can still give thanks to God each and every day because this is... This is part of the victory parade of Jesus Christ throughout the world as Paul and Silas and Timothy share the gospel and rejoice in the gospel together. That there's joy in this gospel ministry even when circumstances aren't don't go the way that we want. And even when circumstances maybe are detrimental, especially from a human point of view, there's still joy despite the persecution of the church, despite the opposition of others. We see that joy exercised in, in fellowship together. We see that joy as we rejoice in, um, in the blessings that we share. We see that joy each and every day, not on the basis of external circumstances, but on the basis of external realities, external spiritual realities, that Jesus Christ has bought you, has made you his own, has given his righteousness to you, and has made this a solid fact in your life. As heaven and earth touch, really, in the Lord's Supper, there is joy there. There's joy in the fellowship that we share, where Paul even uses terminology about a family, um, talking about, you know, caring for them as a nursing mother and being torn away from them as though orphans. And that's that's not just Paul trying to be a motivational speaker. That is Paul trying to communicate as deeply as he can the joy that he experiences, the joy that he loves as he shares Jesus with the congregation of believers and, and all the blessings that Jesus brings in that place. And Paul is Paul's frustrated, obviously, because he can't be there. Um, but he's not downtrodden and sad about it. He is concerned for them. Paul writes to them in joy and thankfulness to say, dear friends, stand firm in the faith. Um, and so as you go about your day, as you go about your day, we talk about this idea of joy and encouragement. We talk about the idea of the fellowship that we share. And that's got to be one of the one of the 
primary blessings of the Christian gathering together. Um, there are two things that that a Christian congregation cannot receive through YouTube and live streaming. Uh, first of all is, is the Lord's Supper. Second of all is that sense of Christian fellowship together. You need to have some sort of way of gathering together as, as Christian friends, as a Christian family. And so as you go about your day, even if even if the virus realities um, or the circumstances in your particular area are such that they preclude gathering together, there's still opportunity to reach out and share that joy. That's what Paul did with his letter. There's still opportunity to reach out and reach out to a fellow Christian and say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? There's still opportunity to reach out um, to somebody that you care about and say, I'd like to share some time with you. Um, why don't we listen to or you know read this portion of God's word together, even over the phone, and we can discuss it. Let's share some joy together, not happiness based on external events, but joy. There's still opportunity to reach out to yeah the shut-in member or somebody who who's going through a difficult patch and to say, dear friend, it's okay to be sad. But at the same time, you and I can talk about the joy that we have together. That's what Paul does here. That's what Christians still do today. Thanks for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. God bless your day.